Hi, this is Elia Fishman, and welcome to part two of our look at gastric gist tumors. And I left off last time mentioning about extraluminal lesions, that these are the typically the largest lesions. And so let's look at a number of them. And I want to show you many variable appearances because these are the ones that are often confused. Now, in this case, you see a large exophytic gist tumor off the anterior gastric wall, very nicely defined. You can see the component when you look at the coronal view. As I mentioned before, coronals are very helpful. A little bit of enhancement there. You can see how large this mass is, and it's best defined as a large exophytic component tumor. Again, what else could you think about? I guess something invading the stomach directly would be a consideration, but um, this really looks like a gastric tumor, and this is classic for a gist tumor. You can see it very nicely. As I change the window a little bit, you can see the necrosis present. Here's another one. Look at the size of this lesion coming off the anterior gastric wall, inseparable from the left lobe of the liver. Typically, it's simply pushing against the liver rather than invading, though, of course, we can see tumor invasion when you have uh, extensive um, spread and peritoneal implants. Here again, there's some enhancement. Maybe there's some faint calcification. And look how large the tumor is. Look at its lowest component. When you look at it in the coronal view, it's particularly impressive how large the lesion is. Some of the neovascularity in the lesion. Remember we said just tumors are variable enhancement. This one has lots of abnormal vessels. You can see the spleen is pushed, the pancreas is pushed, and you can see how necrotic or how low density the tumor is. Our experience is the larger the tumors, the more areas of low density, not necessarily necrosis, but I think at times tumors will outgrow their blood supply. Very nicely shown also in the sagittal view. And the sagittal view, you really see the relationship to the stomach and how this is a big exophytic mass coming off the patient's gastric wall. Another example here, coming posteriorly, inseparable from the spleen, really nice example of a large mass, exophytic, slightly necrotic, but look how good the stomach looks. And unless you've seen this before, you might say it's something implanted on the stomach rather than a primary gastric tumor, which this is. You can see it nicely on the coronal view. And the coronal views, again, I find very helpful. Sometimes when you're uncertain where things originate, the coronal and sagittal can be very helpful. This is sort of a classic, classic appearance for um, a uh, gist tumor. Here's another one. Look how large this is. Again, the lesions will often hang down. They can hang all the way down into the pelvis. This one's almost 25 centimeters in cross-sectional size. And you can see it there. I mean, in differential, you can think about a big mesenteric mass, some sort of sarcoma, which of course this is, but it's really coming off the stomach. Every once in a while, it's hard to tell on a big gist tumor. You kind of recognize it's probably a gist by its size, but whether it's duodenum or stomach. I've seen a few 30 or 40 centimeter gist tumors coming off the duodenum down into the pelvis, and the last thing you would have thought about was duodenum, but it can be. And so here again, with a little bit of 3D imaging and a sagittal projection, giving you a feel of how large the tumors are, the modeled enhancement of the tumors. Here's another one coming off the posterior gastric wall. 
Again, is there involvement of the spleen? Typically not. Typically it's simply compressed. You can see the splenic artery is dis displaced. You can see the pancreas. You can see very nicely here, that's the pancreas. So if you thought this could be a pancreatic tumor, think about cirrhosis adenoma or something like that. That's not going to be the case. There you see the thickened wall. There you see the patient's really aggressive necrosis in the tumor. Sometimes they're vascular, we mentioned. Sometimes they're really hypervascular. When you look at this case, really the epicenter is hard. There's a huge mass. That's not the problem, but where is it beginning? I always think about just tumors. Look how large the lesion is coming down to the pelvis. Look at its vascularity. That's one of the more vascular just tumors, particularly something that large. This was, believe it or not, eventually resected. The surgeon used 3D imaging for preoperative planning, and I think it was something like 80 kilograms. Here's another example with a vascular gist tumor, exophytic. You can see air bubbles centrally within the lesion, consistent with necrosis. Just a very nice example. And this patient's presentation was abdominal pain. They thought maybe the patient had gastric ulcer disease or something like that. Very nice example. Again, coronal views, the 3D rendering, nicely showing you everything. A really good example of some of the vascularity you can see in gist tumors and sort of that classic relationship coming off the stomach, pushing part of the stomach, pushing the pancreas. And here's just a few more views of that case. And again, just to give you an idea of how variable these tumors can look. Here's another example. This tumor was exophytic, has ulcerations, also intraluminal, kind of looks necrotic. At first glance, you wonder if this is just blood product within the stomach. But then when you look at it, it's solid. Positive oral contrast was used, and that's displaced. You can see it very nicely here. A large uh, tumor both in and outside of the stomach. Again, very nice views of that you can see here. And here as well with central necrosis. And the positive contrast is displaced around the large intraluminal component of the tumor. Now we mentioned they can ulcerate. This is a really nice example of a large exophytic gist tumor. But look at the areas in necrosis. You can see some air bubbles. But then as you look carefully, you can see this lesion is really ulcerating into the stomach shown very nicely at this level right here. You can see how large the mass is. Again, beautiful example of that luminal component, the ulceration, the enhancement, just a really nice picture. Here's that same patient, exophytic, ulceration, necrosis. Now, I will mention if patients get tyrosine kinase inhibitors, if they get Gleevec, the tumor can become necrotic, it can ulcerate, but this patient was not treated. This is the patient at presentation. And again, just to remember, these patients present with GI bleeding, ulceration, abdominal pain. Of course, incidentally, they can present, but here's the ones that present with clinical presentation. Just a very, very nice example of that. Here's that same patient with the cinematic rendering, the large exophytic mass, the areas of necrosis, you can see here, and then the communication with the lumen of the stomach right here. Okay, so a big exophytic mass which grew in and ulcerated 
and the patient presented with GI bleeding. Again, sagittal view very nicely can be helpful in this regard as well. And again, look at the sagittal, how you can see the tumor, the changes on the posterior gastric wall, and the exophytic nature of the mass. Now, I've mentioned and I've shown you exophytic lesions that are large. I showed you in the beginning and the part one of the talk some that weren't as large. Here's one here that's exophytic, about five or six centimeters, some enhancement. These are the ones at times can be confused with primary pancreatic tumors. But when you look at the epicenter, the pancreas is pushed. This is not coming from the pancreas. It's coming near the pancreas. And you can see that very nicely shown in this example here, this large tumor. And here it is on the coronal view. Again, that challenge between what's adjacent to the uh, pancreas and what's arising from the pancreas becomes very critical. Again, the enhancement of this patient's uh, lesion, very nicely shown. Again, here's again volume rendering. And here it is with cinematic rendering. So you can see, I really want to give you a feel of the variable appearances of these lesions and how nicely you can see them. Again, here's a cinematic rendering, both from a uh, coronal view as well as from a volume axial view, nicely showing you the gastric folds. There's the tumor, and you can see the difference in texture between normal stomach and the patient's gist tumor. And here's the same thing on the sagittal view and the very close relationship to the patient's SMA and celiac axis. And here's one more view of that. I have to admit, I really like GIST tumors. We wrote an article, I think Steve Rowe and Linda Chu, on cinematic rendering of GIST tumors, and that can be very helpful in this regard. And again, just a range of images to show you. Now, one of the things people don't appreciate is GIST tumors can calcify. Now, here's a nice example of very coarse calcification. This almost looks like a pancreatic mass, and you would have said a neuroendocrine tumor or SPEN. This is a GIST tumor coming off. Again, a real pitfall because it really can look like a pancreatic mass. Probably on the coronal looks more gastric than pancreatic. But look at those coarse calcifications that are present, very nicely shown in this example. And then you could see here just really nicely uh, um, showing you the patient's tumor, the necrosis, the areas of calcification nicely shown. Again, the cystic mass with the calcifications again. So just tumors can calcify. It's a small number that can calcify, but they surely can calcify. And here's another just tumor, exophytic. This one is nearly entirely calcified. I will admit when I see lesions that are almost all calcified, I think of lyomyomas. But you can see the same thing with just tumors, and this was eventually resected. Again, it was benign. The dense calcifications really are in the patient's favor. So this is a very nice example of a benign gist tumor, but again, exophytic in nature, also showing you to remind you that gist tumors can calcify. Here's another large gist tumor. In this case, the tumor actually involved the spleen, but you can see this punctate calcifications present within the lesion right here in a very large tumor. So there's only a little bit of calcification, unlike the last case. And here it is on the MIP imaging. You see the calcifications nicely. You see the relationship to the splenic artery. And you see the subtle involvement of the patient's spleen as well. And just a very much uh, large necrotic tumor, really nicely seen. 
And here's one more of a gist tumor again with just some faint calcification. Uh, this helps you a little bit. There aren't that many tumors that calcify. Again, if you're worried about pancreas, pancreas can calcify neuroendocrine tumors, especially spent tumors, MCN, cirrhosis, adenomas. But the lesion here is really coming off the stomach. So I don't think you're going to have the same difficulty in a differential diagnosis. And just a few more views of that case. Very nicely shown. Now, when just tumors do spread, we mentioned omentum and mesentery, rarely to lymph nodes, but also to liver. Here's a large gist tumor, but you can see it's spread. Look at the implants interior wall of the stomach. Look at the implants by the gastric antrum. Look at the implants on the patient's omentum. And as we scan down, you see omental implants. You see mesenteric implants. There's even implants by the right pararenal space. Typically, you think about lymphoma and metastatic melanoma. And here's more implants both in the mesentery and in the omentum. So when these lesions typically rupture, they will get this spread and can be anywhere. So again, one of the reasons why you need to resect these, why you need to treat them when they're smaller before they rupture and then cause this incredible seeding. Once you have seeding, uh, chemotherapy doesn't do a really good job, doesn't do anything. Gleevec can be helpful with longer survival, but um, once it ruptures, you really have significant problems. And again, I don't have too many cases of rupture, but look at this, tumor, implants, it looks like carcinomatosis, almost like pseudomyxoma peritonei. And again, a very large primary tumor and really extensive spread, very nicely shown on these images as well. Here's a, the same process in a patient with cinematic rendering. There's the tumor implants. You track it down, multiple implants on the stomach, on the liver, on the kidney, primary tumor involving the spleen. So a really good example of specifically what is going on in terms of tumor and tumor necrosis. So again, whenever we scan a patient with a gist tumor, you're scanning the entire abdomen and pelvis, looking for any of these possible zones where tumor extension can be seen. And again, you can see the texture of the patient's tumor very nicely shown. Now, what can mimic a gist tumor? There are a number of things that can mimic gist tumors. Adenocarcinomas, if they're very large, lymphoma, occasionally metastasis, specifically melanoma, adrenal carcinoma can fool you when they're large. I'll show you examples. Pancreatic masses, including cirrhosis, adenomas, and PDACs as well as retroperitoneal masses. Now, mets to the stomach are fairly rare. Melanoma is the one we're typically seeing, and I'll show you some examples, but melanoma is the one that really can be confused occasionally with a gist tumor. The other mets typically are not gonna be so problematic. But again, it's one of the things we will consider as a possibility. So I think it's easy to say the diagnosis of gist tumors can be challenging, because of some of these pitfalls. So for example, pancreatic masses. Here's a nice example of a mass, which at first glance to me looks like a pancreatic lesion. And in fact, this was read as um, a pancreatic mass. Could it be a spen? The patient was a bit younger. Could it be a neuroendocrine tumor? But then when you look at all of the images, even there, the coronal, it looks like it's off the pancreas. But as you keep going through the images, 
there was a close relationship to the stomach, but still we really didn't appreciate it all that well. This patient went to surgery and it was a gist tumor. Here's another one. At first glance, it looks like maybe it's pancreatic, but then you realize it's not really pancreatic. It's simply pushing on the pancreas. Is it coming from the stomach or is it touching the stomach? Kind of interesting. Looks very much like the last case. And this was a good example, again, of a gist tumor simulating a pancreatic mass. Again, it can be somewhat tricky. Here's that same patient. It's interesting when you look at this with cinematic, the texture and appearance of the gist tumors tends to be the same. So in the future, that may be a helpful sign. Here it is in coronal view as well. Just a really nice example of cinematic rendering showing you a gist tumor. Here's another patient. Uh, again, this looks like a lesion maybe coming off the pancreas calcification and enhancement. You look at the pancreas here, it looks okay, but maybe it's an exophytic lesion, like a neuroendocrine tumor. When you look at all of the images, it's a bit tricky. It comes near the stomach. There's no doubt on the volume rendering. It's near the stomach. But here it's somewhat challenging. Okay. Uh, this ended up being a gist tumor. It was felt to be a neuroendocrine tumor, and the patient went to surgery for a neuroendocrine tumor and ended up being a gist tumor. So I think sometimes it's really challenging, and this case has some good lessons to teach us because of that. Now, we often see patients who are sent to our multidisciplinary pancreatic cancer conference, like this was one of them, because this was felt to be a pancreatic mass, but again, on this image you can see it's peripancreatic, it's really coming off the stomach, right? You should recognize that by now. Here again, you could think of pancreas, but it's really simply pushing on the pancreas. It's a gist tumor. So again, it can be a challenge. And several times a year, we see patients sent to us for pancreatic masses. You might think about a gist tumor, uh, but people don't. Uh, I've also seen this with gist tumors of the duodenum where there's a large mass, looks like a pancreatic head mass, but you don't see pancreatic duct or common duct dilatation, and it ends up being a gist tumor. So just a very nice example here. Again, look at it coming off the lesser curvature. Very nicely shown. And I think the 3D made it a bit easier here. Combination of coronals, particularly the coronal 3D volume rendering, really helps you define specifically where the lesion is coming from. Now, adrenal lesions can also be somewhat confusing, but let's stop here and then we'll come back and finish up this talk. See you in a few moments. If you like this video, make sure to subscribe to the CTSS YouTube channel. You can also visit us at ctss.com for even more videos, plus quizzes, pearls, protocols, and oh so much more. We're also in the App Store and have well over a dozen apps for iPhone and iPad, all completely free. Thanks for watching.